0: keep it simple right from the producers out there in the barn feed water air you know a healthy pig you know is going to lead to a, a more profitable uh pig when it's all said and done um so health health is king um and and really just kind of keep it simple for producers and, and when you're looking at from a benchmarking perspective you know again averages are nice but really looking at from a percentile standpoint um, and, and see what that variation is, not just from a from a meta farm standpoint, but also from your own internal company. Swine.
1: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket it Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adaseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high-quality, safe and sustainable way. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Merck Animal Health, driven by prevention.
2: Welcome to the Swine It podcast show. My name is Marcia Gonçalves, your host for today's episode.
1: This episode's sponsor highlight is about AB Vista, an animal nutrition technology company offering innovative products and new applications for the swine industry. The combination of AB Vista enzymes, technical services, and nutrition expertise provides the industry with new opportunities to further improve production efficiencies. Fiber is receiving renewed interest due to its influence on the microbiome, and AB Vista has brought together research experts to discuss the industry's knowledge of fiber functionality and to introduce a Stimbiotic. Targeted to improve fiber digestion, to request access, contact nam at abvista.com.
2: Hello, everyone. Today we have Brad Eckeberg again, and now we're talking about the benchmark analysis that he has conducted along with the MetaFarms team, but also with um, it's being a project that has been um, brought to you as well by uh, the National Pork Board. How are you today, Brad?
0: Doing very well, sir. How about you?
2: Doing good, doing good. So, Phil, was in, what did you learn on the finishing side and wind finish side of things?
0: Yeah, I mean, from uh, from the finishing side, I guess uh, some of the observations was, uh, you know, the impact that summer heat really does have on uh, on the outweight, you know. So, when does it happen? How long does it happen for, you know, and what is that impact? And, you know, you look and you might see there's maybe, a, you know, a three to five pound difference but uh you know you got a thousand pigs that you're marketing in a barn uh that's a lot of pork that's not being produced um so i think that was a big observation there on the finishing side
2: okay so you say uh summer versus winter was it about three pounds
0: um yeah it's about uh let's take a peek here really quick it was uh you know about seven pound difference you know so saying about that six to eight pound difference, depending on the month, you know, from the high and the low from, uh, throughout the year.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's quite a bit. How about, you know, if we zoom out a little bit and look at the evolution over the last few years, uh, where we are for mortality, uh, the weight, um, you know, average leg gain and those main parameters.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're producing a heavier pig, uh, uh from 2019 when compared to 2017 you know the uh the the high end in 2017 was 282 pounds on a finishing group you know for an average outweight where now in 2019 you're at 284 285 and again you know it's maybe two or three pounds but again you're marketing a thousand pigs uh, That's a lot more pork that's being produced
2: very good, and then I'm looking here at the report. so mortality we are about a four um, percent right that the ballpark on the finishing side at least
0: yep 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 four to five pounds usually yep
2: and then six percent on the six percent mortality on the wind finish. Um, what else did you find on the on these reports? I mean any if you want to dive a little on the finishing and then we can move more to wind finish uh, any any other things that that caught your attention on the finishing side?
0: Yeah, I mean on the finishing side. So you know, we talked previously about how the uh, the impact uh, for nursery mortality and and how you know that per starts to flare up in that October November time frame, and those groups aren't starting to close out until you know earlier in the year. Um, you know, when you look at the the finishing mortality, it, it's very similar to like nursery actually, where you start to see the the first. Uh, really two quarters of the calendar year, you're starting to see a higher mortality than you are towards the end. And I think that's just a a vicious cycle of, you know, the, the, the pers hits, you know, late in that October, November timeframe, then we've got about four or five months of tough mortality kind of uh, gets better than towards that second half of, of the calendar year. And, and, uh, and then again, like a vicious cycle, just kind of rinse and repeat. So,
2: right. Um, and if you move to the wind finish side, uh, any 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 difference there, or, or very much the same?
0: So the wean to finish, um, the, the, from a mortality standpoint, we're seeing uh, really the mortality at its at its highest uh, in that summer time frame. And uh, yeah, a big thing to remember is, um, you know, the, from a mortality standpoint, for wean to finish, those groups are about six months, right? So where those pigs are being placed early on in the calendar year they're not closing out until you know that summer slash early early fall time frame so really when you're looking at for mortality the big thing to remember is when are those pigs uh, being placed and then thus how long on feed are they usually uh, taking from that perspective another comment I want to make really quick on the wean to finish, it's, it's important uh, to note that we're only benchmarking on single stock wean to finish barns. So if you've got a barn that uh, you're saying uh, is a double stock or you're filling at 150%, uh, from a metaphor's benchmarking per perspective, we're going to throw out those those groups that are double stocked or uh, you know really above 150%. So uh, something to remember when you're kind of comparing your numbers against our numbers.
2: How many, um, just for folks get a feel for the size of the database and everything, how many farms or, or pigs are involved on this data set?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, from, a, from a nursery standpoint, uh, from our previous conversation, uh, in 2019, we had about 9,300 groups that were closed out. Uh, finishing, we're in that uh, 11,500 groups that are closed out in that database. And then from a wean to finish uh, single stock in that 3,400 uh, groups, and really the, the the size of the groups obviously vary. Um, but uh, one also thing to kind of note is, you know, those those are a lot of groups, but MetaFarms also throws out roughly about a third of our groups to, uh, due to a, a, a data validation checks that we do to ensure that we're we're um, uh, benchmarking on, on numbers that are are within our normal standards and stuff
2: right right um and then if you look inside any of these metrics i mean there's always that big difference right between the the best performing not only groups but also uh flows and and producers or production systems and so any insights there uh from our experience uh again on um we talked a few episodes ago on the nursery side of things but how about here any any differences here to that you see among the best and the worst
0: yeah i mean so one of the thing that we do for our customer base is we do some benchmarking on on the size of the groups you know so if i if i have got a 1000 head barn how is that performing compared to like a 5000 head barn and just you know for, for another angle maybe to look at for for, for users within benchmarking and stuff and Um, You know, looking at some of the the numbers uh, for our finishing would be about 65% of our groups are in that 3000 head or less. Um, And when you look at it from a mortality standpoint, um, within those groups that are 3000 or less, it it really um, from a mortality standpoint makes up a lot of those groups um, that are actually, uh, uh, that are, are dying. Uh, surprisingly the the larger groups are doing surprisingly better um you know again it's a smaller sample size uh but the the larger groups seem to be doing better and i'm not sure if that's from an animal husbandry standpoint that maybe there's some more laborers out there uh, maybe there's a newer uh, uh facilities um again it depends on the producer i'm sure
2: right have you ever done um any analysis on like the number of sources and that kind of approach
0: so um it's a little bit challenging within our our system and stuff um it's easier on the nursery side than it is um from, uh, from a finishing side, um, really from the fact of, you know, tying in that sow uh, into our nursery is a lot easier for our customers to do. Um, whereas in the finishing side, really kind of bringing all that information together is something that we're working on currently today is I wanna be able to look at a whole production from sow all the way to, to uh, finishing. Um, and tying all that information together. Um, but we doing some initial studies that we've done and stuff. If it, it really is flow dependent, um, you know, surprisingly, we are working with a couple of our customers to look at mortality uh, based on the number of sources that you have, you know, say a single source versus, you know, seven or eight different flows that we would do. You know, and from my background, you know, obviously single source is kind of ideal, right? But looking at it big picture, is it financially um, as well as performance wise, is it what's best for the company? Uh, But again, going back to some of the analysis we've already done, is surprisingly the two to four sources actually perform somewhat better than a single source. Again, you might want to bring in also like what the health status is. You know, are we pulling out one of the farms because of a health issue? Uh, That can obviously impact uh, performance as well.
2: Interesting. Wow. I mean, yeah, normally the, uh, and it's a tough uh, controlled experiment, uh, would be tough to run a controlled experiment, that kind of situation. But um, that is interesting. And also uh, two to four, but then like you said, uh, hopefully the same health status.
0: Right. It's, you know, and then, you know, is it, are the two to four flows, are they, are they, it's a micro flow as a purse, you know, or is it a, you know, why are we grouping those together? So it's important to look at, uh, you know, being a data person, digging deeper into the numbers to see What what are those single source or why are those sources brought together? And that's that's something where, you know, the end user, the the company themselves knows why we group those together. You know, from my days at Holden farms, you know, there's reasons why we grouped multiple farms together. It might be a health status standpoint or might be just we want to get these barns filled. And we would see that, you know, as we're preparing for those you know, summertime temperatures, you know, we might need to combine more flows together to try to keep that weight up and in that finishing. And by doing that, we got to keep the pigs in there, but we still got that, that ever, uh, never ending flow of pigs coming out the south farm that we got to find a spot for them.
2: Right. And uh, on the feed, feed efficient side of things, I'm looking at the numbers here 2017, 18, 19 for the finishing, I'm just going to read them to folks. So 2017 was 2.81, 2018 was 2.8, so very much similar, and 2019, 2.82. So all of them very similar uh, within the 0.02 range. And I'm assuming that's not
0: adjusted, is it? No, no. no. Okay. You know, and and something that um, I would encourage as I was looking at like the fee conversion is um, and there's really not that much of a difference from a year to year on an average standpoint, but really looking at it from a percentile. Um, again, it's something that we do for our customer base, but looking at what is the percentile with the top 10% versus the bottom 10% and you'll see a very large uh, swing in fee conversion. Um, you know, and the dollar figure per 10th of fee conversion really varies on from company to company, but it's very impactful, especially for larger producers that every 10th of feed conversion is really impactful on the bottom line.
1: Genesis is the largest independent producer of high health registered purebred swine in the globe, having over 80% of all registered purebred breeding stock in Canada. The Genesis genetic program uses genomic selection strategies focused on productivity, faster growth, efficiency, high yield and meat quality. To know more, go to genesis.com. G-E-N-E-S-U-S dot com. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com.
2: Right, and you always have to be careful, right? Is that coming from a, uh, uh, well, f- saving feed, right? Uh, right, uh, correct adjustment on the, on the pan coverage, uh, or is it, uh, you know, management side of things when it comes to... Um, Temperature in the barn versus hey, I'm just adding some extra fat, and I might even be losing money. I'm just just chasing that feed conversion number, right? Which is not something I see very often in the U.S. as much as I see sometimes in other countries.
0: Yeah, I mean, and don't forget about late-term mortality as well, right? You're putting all that feed in the pig, and whether it's at transportation or even the last four or five weeks of the uh, you know, pigs being in the barn. Uh surprisingly there's that's a higher number I think with uh with customers than what they actually uh, you know even even look at is on, on the girl finish side is why are those pigs dying late in production? Because again, we got all that cost to know them, that just inflates that fee conversion.
2: Yes, that, that's huge. Um as we wrap up here, Brad, any final comments on on the benchmarking that you've done for finishing and, and wind finish?
0: And not to sound like a broken record but keep it simple right from the producers out there in the barn feed water air you know a healthy pig you know is going to lead to a, a more profitable uh pig when it's all said and done um so health health is king um and and really just kind of keep it simple for producers and, and when you're looking at from a benchmarking perspective you know again averages are nice but really looking at from a percentile standpoint Um, and and see what that variation is, not just from a a MetaFarm standpoint, but also from your own internal company.
2: I love it. It's been a joy, Uh, Brad. uh, Thanks so much for bringing that information for us.
0: My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.
2: Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact by bringing from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of swine nutrition on this seven-week-long elite online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding. It's conducted by myself, Dr. Marcia Gonçalves, and my world-class invited speakers. Additionally, you enjoy an exclusive community to exchange ideas. Go now to www.eliteswinenutritionist.com.